0: Good evening and welcome. It is Monday night. This is the Independence Gang. I'm your host Jv, co-host Vince. Tonight we've got Jr and, and Trish back from her sabbatical. Good to have all of you with us tonight. My first question out of the blocks is: Is it everybody's ice that has a funny taste, or is it just mine? And when I say just mine, it doesn't matter where I live or what refrigerator I've got or what I, I, my ice always has this peculiar taste to it, and I'm starting to think it's just me. <laughs> I have a lot of blank stares from my channel. (laughs) Really, you guys, you know the. And one of the reasons I asked that question is because I thought it was just me. But do you? Do any of you like curb your enthusiasm? No. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm just talking to the wrong crowd here. Hey everybody, JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, IndependenceGang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in IndependenceGang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. Uh, but anyway, I encourage your enthusiasm. Larry David, the... the star creator um of Kirby Enthusiasm has an episode where he, he's staying at somebody's house and, and the guy takes the last bottled water out of the fridge and Larry Davis says do you have another one? He says no just get it from the tap and use ice. He said I can't use ice ice always tastes funny to me. So I'm not the only one who thinks ice always tastes funny. So there. <laughs> um, I'm stalling a little bit here because one of our streams is having trouble getting started. I'm not really sure why. I'll try it again here. But anyway Welcome to the show, everybody. Good to have everybody along. I these you guys are being very patient with me. I, I see no emotion in any of your faces. I just see blank <laughs> stares like when is this guy gonna finish talking about ice and why the hell is he talking about ice? But that's okay. Um is this working yet?
1: We we actually we all just checked our stock portfolios. That's why <laughs> is that we all. what, it, like is? This. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. Totally
0: yeah, is well that that's enough. <laughs> that's enough to depress anybody over the age of thirty at this point who uh, hopes to retire someday. It's really bad news. JR was giving some stock tips, not necessarily stock tips, but investment tips prior to the show. We won't share them with anybody, but just... Just know that insider trading. We we will either be all smiling in a month, or we're all going to be crying, and Jr. will no longer be showing his face around here. I don't know which is going (laughs) to happen, but we'll see.
2: There's a danger. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I think I think we're all good now. So uh, we've got a lot to get to. uh, So let's get started. Um, You guys, I don't know if anybody's had the pleasure of air travel recently, getting on an airplane and going somewhere. I haven't had to, but a lot of people are dealing with a lot of uh, crap as it relates to air travel. Delays, cancellations, you know, it's just nightmare scenario. Air travel by in general can be a, just a hassle. And then you add this on top of it, we're in a period of really difficult times for people who need to get places uh, using the air travel system in this country. Well, Pete Buttigieg, you know him, right? The Secretary of Transportation, right? You know, the guy who was breastfeeding when the supply chain was collapsing, right? You know you, got, you know who I'm talking about. He is now saying that the U.S. may act against airlines on consumers' behalf. He said his department could take enforcement actions against airlines that fail to live up to consumer protection standards. JR, uh, you know, there aren't too many themes that come out of this uh, White House and this administration, but punish corporate America for everything uh, seems to be one of those common threads, one of those themes.
2: Yeah, big business of uh, you pick the topic seems to be, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the opportunity they're taking at the moment and to i'm not really sure what kind of action they can take against the airlines it's not like they're striking and uh, re- like reagan uh, you know made them go back to work uh because they can't get labor because uh nobody shows up for work because they have parts they can't get i don't, I don't know how you penalize uh, the airline industry for for that when uh you know all they have to do is point back at the administration for their failures which are uh you know basically the 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 cause for many of their delays but uh you know it just becomes the maybe the most visible item of the of the moment that they have to comment on but th- these issues are impacting every industry so what are they going to do uh basically start penalizing everybody because you know all they're doing is really pointing the finger at somebody else except themselves which are the the cause of you know, all the different issues across many industries and uh, they're not going away.
0: Yeah. And Trish, I don't think our memories are so short that we don't remember uh, the Biden administration forcing airlines to impose vaccine mandates, which forced a lot of uh, people to quit, to leave, whether it was pilots or other service personnel among the airlines. And during that period, they were having shortages because they couldn't staff their flights. Uh, This seems to be a hangover from part of that as well.
1: Well, and I also think part of it might be the fact that the airlines were so vocal against the mask mandates and now that they're dropped and they want to start them again, the, like, what better? Let's, we're going to go after the airlines because the airlines are the ones who's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're we're done with those mask mandates. We're finished. So I think part of it might be retaliatory for that the airlines not towing the great big daddy government line.
0: Vince, whenever you uh, have an industry that people rely on, Whether it's fuel, whether it's the oil industry, whether it's airlines, regardless of what it is, and market conditions cause uh, either a shortage or some type of supply crunch or price increases, uh, this administration just wants to come in with a hammer and start banging people over over the head. But we know all that does is result in more problems.
3: It does, and, and what we've seen from this administration is the, the same old, same old, and they do. They act like the they're the arsonist who wants to stand there then and put out the fire and get pat on the back for putting out the fire. And it's it's been their knee-jerk reaction to coming out of the COVID shutdowns, which were all on the democrats to begin with and questionable how much we should have been shut down then and and you know in in the case of air travel making it making keeping the federal mandates on longer than the mandates were anywhere else uh, in the country and and keeping that pressure on i think what they've actually created with their knee-jerk political uh, approach to all of all of their policies is the fact that you've had everybody in the supply chain travel uh i think it i think in part it's it's you know it's in part what's happening with gas prices is that the the industries have not been able to adjust and and ready themselves for these these what i what i just called these knee-jerk reactions to policy and all of a sudden just one day they show up and say okay well, everybody we're going back to normal and and these industries were shut down for so long that they didn't have a chance to adjust and now they're behind and i think that's a, a big part of the problem we're seeing
0: Uh, JR. during there was a virtual meeting between Buttigieg and some airline CEOs, and during the virtual meeting that occurred last Thursday, airline executives described steps they're trying to take to avoid a repeat of the Memorial Day disaster. That weekend, there was about 2,800 flights canceled over the course of the weekend. And Buttigieg's uh, comment on that is, quote, now we're going to see how those steps measure up. Can you imagine being an airline executive and listen to this little troll uh, lecturing you and, and pointing fingers at you and threatening you this little guy who was last held office was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, lecturing the airline executives. I don't think, I mean, I can't imagine, but if I were one of those executives, I'd have a tough time taking that.
2: Yeah. I, uh, it's no different than uh Kamala Harris standing next to President Biden and biting her bottom lip. I, I think these guys basically have to, you know, take the credibility of the position that's in front of them and try to give him his his moment in the in of importance. But what can he really offer them? I mean, what what he should be doing is calling him in there and and. Constructively talking about their issues and trying to come up with collective, you know, use the use all of them to collectively to to try to look look at the reasons that are the cause and and seeing if there is a, a government solution, i.e., you know, the very things that you helped cause here. Let let's try to uh, backtrack on those and see if there's something we can do. But uh, you know, fuel, uh, I don't know what diesel fuel costs, <laughs> but it's a lot more than what uh, we pay, and and the and the labor issue isn't something that gets fixed overnight I mean it, you know an airplane you, know, you may have a pilot and you may have stewardesses but you still have to have the people that load the luggage they have to you know uh, traffic the planes on the tarmac they have to be uh, the people at the at the counter that uh, check you in all these things have to happen for a flight to work and any one or two of those things happen and you've got cancelled flights so I, I don't know how you miraculously start employing people that that aren't currently employed or uh, or lower the cost of fuel or any number of things that are outside of, you know, the normal delays of, of weather and, and, and uh, holiday traffic in general. So I, I don't think there, I don't know what they told him, but I can't imagine there's any quick fix.
0: Uh, Trish, I'm going to change topics here just a little bit, actually quite a bit. So uh, we've talked a lot about uh, on the show, a lot about uh, uh, how this transgender ideology is really just First of all, it's just ridiculously silly. But secondly, it is really destroying the fabric of Western civilization in so many ways. And it's particularly important to notice that this next story is from the UK. All right. So a transgender uh, ideology point here. Male blood donor was rejected after refusing to answer if he was pregnant. A man who habitually donates blood had his donation refused after he failed to indicate on a transgender ideology-inspired official form whether or not he was pregnant, Trish,
1: uh, it's so dumb. I, we're literally just getting stupider every single day. I, it's we're beyond we're we're beyond a parody at this point. So I, I, uh, I have nothing good to say, and I'm going to have to hold my tongue because I've been swearing a lot today. So, <laughs> and this is where it's going to start. In I. Let's just go back to the basics. Men cannot be pregnant because they don't have a uterus. It's very simple. Only girls, only women can be pregnant because we have a uterus. So, asking a man, it's like be, that might be like asking a woman, you know, if she'd like to have her prostate checked. I mean, come on. Like, th- <laughs> what this is insane i mean i i i don't understand how especially the medical community and that's i think what gets me the most is that the medical community which is supposed to rely on facts and science is now buying into this gender ideology feelings are more important than reality bullshit, and i'm just i I can't i can't take it anymore i i hate doctors in general right now so
0: i Vince, uh, I'm gonna ask you a question, yeah. but I just want to comment here. I don't know that any, there's any female. I've having had my prostate checked before. I don't know that there's any female that would want to go through that process. To be yeah. honest with you, I especially it. just to make a point. Yeah, well,
3: get a
1: pap smear done, I'm, my I'm, friend, and then we can talk.
3: I don't want well, that either. I'm just, either. Gonna, I'm just- I'm just gonna add. I'm only I'm only a few hours off of my annual physical today, and uh, nobody asked me my gender identity before they uh, they went they went digging in there.
0: Nice. I have a, a quote here from this this particular this particular. Uh, guy 66 year old man who's delivered, who's uh, donated blood many many times he said he pointed out to the staff that it was impossible for me to be in that position but i was told that i would need to answer it otherwise i couldn't give blood i mean you know first of all how many times have we heard what a shortage there is for blood i mean this is something that that we need a lot of people donating and to turn some Always. a 66 a year old man away even if well, he's beyond child rearing years or birthing years, anyway. Regardless of his gender, so the oh. whole thing is just ridiculous. Yeah, that is,
3: that is true. It, it it is, it is, and and you know, th- this is this has become the issue and the problem is is how far do we go? When does it end? Where does it stop? And now you're you're going to keep people from giving blood? Does that mean we're going to keep people from you know? Uh, what if what if this was a uh, a, a much needed emergency uh, organ transplant we were talking about and you know you you find a match for an organ donor and they're like oh you won't confirm your identity or you you won't you won't confirm that you're a male and you're not pregnant so we can't do the surgery I, it, it 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 does listen it, it, let's get beyond the politics of it we're getting into the absurdity of it and that's there's got to be a place where we draw the line on it.
0: Yeah, and J.R., again, I brought this particular story up, one, because it's ridiculous, but two, because it's in the U.K. It's really amazing to me how almost coordinated these efforts are, whether it's in the U.K., the United States, or other parts of the Western world. It almost makes you think there's a body above all these governments kind of uh, directing them and giving them an indication of how they should be uh, handling some of these things. Because they are so very, very similar there, here, regardless. It just seems a little odd to me.
2: Hmm. Uh, A global body uh, organizing our, uh, coordinating our health, huh? I wonder who that could be. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to see you're sitting down, Vince, after your uh, your exam today. That's good. And I guess we've uh, we've come to grips All good. with All good. Trish hasn't had a prostate exam before, so we're making headway tonight. So uh, the fact that uh, the UK is is uh, leading the curve here, I'm sure it's, it's, it's coming our way. I mean, we've already seen where doctors are basically being... Uh, told to make their best guess when it comes to gender. Uh, I would advise those collecting blood to make their best guess as well. And uh, let's move forward. I, I came by uh, on the way back from my parents. I was up to my parents for Father's Day and coming back today about a three, four hour drive and and there were signs I saw emergency blood needed and there were blood drives. Uh, uh, and this was today. So there, as you said, JV, there definitely is a need And a shortage of blood. And if this is what it comes to that further exacerbates that, um, I guess that wouldn't be the first time we had restrictions that further exacerbated a problem.
0: Yeah, and that's that's very true. And I I was a little premature in my comparison to what's happening in the UK with what's happening here and maybe globally, at least in the Western Hemisphere, because I also wanted to point out to illustrate that fact, Trish, is that also in the UK, um, the country's prison service is putting women in danger, according to a report, uh, by recognizing biological males as women and housing them in the same prisons, even if and when they still have male genitalia. We also have that problem going on here.
1: Yeah, like that case in New Jersey. So, yeah, it's it. We and now we have, you know, people being arrested who oh, oh I can't be searched by a male cop. I need to have a non binary, transgendered queer you know uses these particular pronouns, they're the only people who can who can search me. I, it's just it's it's to me the whole thing is just repugnant at this point because it's flies in the face of all facts, all science. And the fact that grammatically it's just a mess anyway. And now we have people wanting adjectives and nouns to be their pronouns. Like I was watching a, a TikTok video of a woman who was wanted her her pronouns to be "bee" and "fairy." I'm like, those are <laughs> nouns, honey child. Those are not pronouns. So like, and like a singular person, I am they. No, you are a he or a she. You know, like I, yeah, uh, I just I can't. It's just the whole thing has just gotten so bizarre, and I'm just I'm done. And if you want to sue me, that's great. Sue me and take me to court, but you will not force my language anymore. It won't be happening.
0: Uh, changing the subject again, Vince. Um, this I thought was also interesting. And it's related to the trans transgender issue as well. Hillary Clinton just came out and said Democrats should not make transgenderism a main issue. Former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton caution Democrats against turning transgenderism into a cornerstone issue, advising them to instead focus on winning elections. I read that, Vince, as Hillary Clinton saying, lie about who you are, Democrats, to get elected.
3: That's probably a fair assumption. I mean, the, listen, that, that's the one thing that I've always said, like them or not, and probably more on the not, uh, but the Clintons are great political minds right they they know how to campaign they know how to get votes bill clinton i've always thought was the master one of the masters of, of of political campaigning and he knew how to triangulate he knew how to get in the center and talk to you know talk to that majority of people in the middle uh and on both sides and 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 be able to get that enough votes to win elections and that's what this is and that's what she's saying is you know if you if you and and I think I, I actually believe that she may have actually speaking from her own experience that if you get caught up in the social politics, if you get caught in, up into the identity politics, you're going to lose. It's exactly what happened to her uh, twice, actually, uh, both in the primary against Obama and then uh, against Trump. And, and, and you can't you can't get caught up with that kind of stuff. And that's what we're seeing. And 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 I think the left is is I've said this, I think, on the show a few times that the left is kind of in a, in a, a political fight for their soul to figure out who they are as a party and who they want to be and and while you do have the traditional democrats trying to carve a a niche to be able to win they are are getting pulled back by the left constantly The, the, the and their party does right now have a very radical left who wants to you know bring you the gender issues and bring you the green issues and bring you all these issues that are not popular and they don't care about it and and in the end that's what's you know it's going to cost them elections and i think i actually think her her warning is fair Uh, and to be quite frank, I think it's, you know, it's, it's a fair warning to the right too. if we do the same thing and get caught up in all of these, you know, these issues that aren't the mainstream issues of why people are going to the polls. That's how you lose elections.
0: JR, listen to this quote. Democrats seem to be going out of their way to lose elections by elevating activist causes, notably the transgender debate, which are relevant only to a small minority. What sense does it make to depict JK Rowling as a fascist? Now let me point out that that quote was not from Hillary Clinton it was the reporter who was asking Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton Clinton that question that came from the reporter
2: Hmm yeah, I I agree I mean uh, anytime you go to either party goes to extreme one direction or the other you're you're alienating a significant part of the electorate and and to You know to to go for the fringe issues as your your main and maybe it's a distractive tactic only in in this environment where every major issue is really going against them um but fringe issues are are never seemingly the right way to go and uh we we've seen that you know we've seen that actually with both parties but the the democrats seem to be uh more masters of that or or at least they've they've done that more often and it usually leads to uh leads to massive losses. And I think that's where they're heading this fall.
0: Trish, here's another quote. This one is from Hillary Clinton. We're standing on the precipice of losing our democracy and everything that everybody else cares about then goes out the window. Look, the most important thing is to win the next election. The alternative is so frightening that whatever does not help you win should not be a priority. Two things there. I want you to comment on one this losing our democracy BS. Secondly, I mean, if anybody, if we're losing our democracy to anybody, it's these fascists in the, in the progressive wing of the Democrat Party. Secondly, again, I just keep hearing Democrats go out and lie about who you are so that you can win. That's what I keep hearing.
1: Yeah, because it's all about power. They're not, they're not running to try and make America better. They're running because they want power. And unfortunately, there's too many politicians on both sides of the fence that have fallen into this trap where it's it's not about doing what's best for America, what's doing what's best for your constituents. It's about winning, winning at all costs, winning no matter what, and keeping that power. So I find it hysterical that number one, Hillary Clinton doesn't realize we don't live in a democracy. In fact, it's very important that the founding fathers made it very clear that the word democracy never once appears in the Constitution for a very important reason, because they wanted it to be clear that we do not live in a democracy, but yet so many people have no freaking clue. I, I, I really think we need to go back to everybody has to take the citizenship test before they can vote, because how many Americans today would fail the citizenship test if they were asked to take it? I helped a friend study for it and I learned all kinds of stuff. I was like, holy crap, like how? But then there was some stuff that I was like, eh, that's not really completely correct. And we'd have these long discussions about stuff. But I was like, I really think that you need to earn your right to vote in this country. I mean, I I think the founding fathers had it right, you know, landowners, sorry. When I start the constitutionalist party, that's what I'm gonna start my platform on is that if you're a renter, sorry, you yeah. have to own property.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the founding fathers wanted to make sure that people who were voting had a vested interest in the in the process, and that was their way of doing it. Um, so the, it's a very valid point. Vince, I have to say, you know, you look at this, the quote I just read from, from Hillary that Trish was commenting on, and I said, you know, I just keep hearing lie, pretend you're not who you are. If you look at what the Democrats have done and tried to do in the last two years, everything they've done and they've tried to do, Hillary Clinton is saying disavow so you can get elected.
3: Um, and, and the, the, the problem that I'm sure she's saying that we've, we've pointed out of the Democrats, they do lie. But they've been lying, but but taking ownership of their radical agenda at the same time, and and they have pushed themselves further and further to the left. Joe Biden, it, we've talked about this. His approval rating is is abysmal. I mean, it, it's 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 below forty percent, which means you've got about a third of the country or two thirds of the country who don't agree with the policies that he and his party are leading right now. Yet you have a a a strong piece of the of the uh, the the Democrats in Washington and, and and in our state governments who are running alongside these policies that they know aren't aren't at all uh, uh, you know uh, uh, popular. Um, it, it's almost like you know it, it's almost like they're on a, a kamikaze mission. I always used to say like we and again we've had these these types of issues on the right side as well where we've had extreme right and 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 I've always said I could never figure out you know it's 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 that you know we're going to fight for the sake of the fight and you know if you don't win you know and and Trish kind of said this i know there is there is that lust for power but also if you don't win elections you're not going to be able to make decisions. And that's, at the end of the day, that, you know, it's it don't hate the player, hate the game, right? That's that's how the system works. And and if you need to get elected, you need to have that majority or at least enough people to be able to affect policy and and have your policies put in place. And, and the Democrats have completely ignored that, which I, I do, and I think JR said it, that's what's putting them at risk of major losses in these upcoming midterms.
0: Uh, go ahead and take it to your stories, Vince. But before you do, I just want to comment, Jim Bob says back in my education, uh, civics was a required course, and you learned about the government and how it worked. And that's one of the one of the casualties of current public education system is they've eliminated that for the most part. Even you don't even get it in social studies anymore. It's glossed over. You barely get any American government or American history real American history education. And you certainly I am, mean, you don't say the pledge anymore. There's no effort to make people understand how uh, unique this nation is and why it's so unique.
3: That's so true. That's so true. Um, JV, it looks like uh, uh, our, our friend, the uh, Treasury Secretary, who we've talked about a lot about lately, uh, she's, she's at it again. Um, and this Sunday had said that the uh, Biden administration's policies are not responsible for record high gas prices and the only way to fix the energy crisis in the, uh, quote, medium term. Uh, is to move towards renewables to address climate change uh jr here we go again right it's it, it, let's let's not talk about reversal of the failed energy policies you know after energy policy uh but now the answer is to move in the medium term by the way that's that's a that's a such a, 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 a you know a, a, a nebulous term that they're actually using them in the medium term which i'm not too sure how long they think that's going to take but uh you know did did janet yellen what she actually said just say that we're in this energy crunch for at least a while and even then if it's only going to end if we move to renewables and it's almost like they're trying to hold us hostage now it's like go to renewables or you're going to keep paying these high prices at the pump
2: that's exactly what it sounds like to me and and what's not lost on me as well is what her prior job was you know she was the head of the federal (laughs) reserve the very federal reserve that's late to the party and 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 causing uh, you know the excessive uh, moves now on their part to try to get their arms around this thing but i mean these are 100% self-inflicted wounds and i i guess we, we were talking a, a week or so ago here about who is going to be the first uh, cabinet member to get fired she obviously doesn't want to be that one because uh she's going all in on the green energy and uh the agenda here but but to, to say uh i don't even know how that is a uh, we we're just talking about you know uh moving from your extreme positions saying we're in this for the medium term and, uh, and whatever, however you define that to me, doesn't seemingly, uh, give a lot of confidence that the electorate will say, okay, you've got your arms around this thing, even though it's been bad in the short run here, you're going right. to fix it. She's saying just the opposite. So there's no Absolutely. pivot here on her part. She's, uh, she's, uh, thinking she's going to keep her, uh, her cabinet position and, uh, where she said she was, uh, she goofed, uh, I guess she's not going to try to how she goofed and try to fix our energy policy by, you know, immediately trying to change our own supply issues. If they were to do that, it may not bring oil, uh, more volume of oil, under the market immediately, but it would change the mentality. And that alone would create more more capitalism as far as in, in, in driving new drilling and exploring new areas. And just just the projection would would, would start to bring prices down.
3: Exactly, and and Trish, we know that the oil companies have, you know, they they've been firing back and 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 saying no, it, it is the the policies of the Biden administration, right? That they're they're blaming, uh, even though they're they're supposedly trying to, you know, put the blame on the, the oil companies. Uh, and but here's what Yellen actually said uh, the other day uh, uh, in response to the to the to the oil companies, the energy companies coming coming back at them, and she said, "quote As a medium-term matter." Uh, The way in which we can assure reasonable energy expenses for households is to move to renewables to address climate change as a medium-term matter, she said. That's the way to free us from geopolitical uh, movements in oil prices. First of all, what the hell do you think is medium-term? Because this is a term that she's continually using over and transitory.
1: over. Again. And it's transitory and yeah, transitory.
3: Yeah, it's transitory. Right. They did such a great job on on predicting inflation. I'm sure they got this. <laughs> the medium term is is down. Um sure. But you know, the the Biden administration has blamed everyone and everything from Putin to COVID, the energy companies now it seems like though there's they're, they're shifting this blame to the actual consumers they're putting the blame on the american people oh you don't want to you don't want to shift to renewables the oil the oil crisis the energy crisis oh, that's your problem
1: yeah that that's exactly like there is so the level of gaslighting coming out of the biden administration is absolutely mind boggling i have like i have never like i had an abusive ex and i can tell you that He used to gaslight me all the time. This is way worse than anything he ever did. Like, this is just way worse. It's like, no, like, first of all, they have made no improvements to infrastructure. So people in California are already being asked not to charge their electric cars. And what percentage of people actually have electric cars? So the grid can't even keep up with what we have, but yet they're pushing more for it. But then at the same time, they're also passing all these laws that penalize people who use solar and they penalize people who try to live off the grid and they penalize people. So nothing that they're doing makes sense at all in any way, shape or form. And then for them, for them to say, oh, well, you know, you consumers, you're the reason, no, fuck, no, we are not the problem. We are not the problem at all. The problem is that despite this administration from day one said that it was going out and it was going to bankrupt. The petroleum industry and that's exactly what they have done they have been extremely successful in making everyone miserable and they're not making the worst part is is the gas company they're, they're, the petroleum companies aren't losing money i mean they're still going to make their money who's going to pay it's us it's not the petroleum companies that's what kills me about all this they're like oh we're going to go after the corporations like hell you are because you raise taxes what are they going to do they're going to shift it back to the consumer so at the end of the day, they're not gonna lose. It's always the hardworking American taxpayer who ends up losing. So at some point Americans, the, right. I, I, and I, the, I hate to say it, but every day I just, I feel more and more like something, it's gonna come to a head. Like the American people are gonna be like, we're done. We're absolutely done with this and we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I never thought I would see this day in my lifetime, but every day I feel a little bit like we're just inching a little bit closer and a little bit closer.
3: And JV, to Trisha's point, um, you know, it's like we we all know what led us into the energy problem. We all know what can solve the energy problem. Uh, I believe anybody with an eighth grade education understands this. And the reason I say that is because my son just graduated from eighth grade and he gets it. You know, he knows he knows what the problem is. And, it, you know, it, this is solely on Joe Biden and his administration and their failed policies. I'm actually starting to think because people they, they can't be this obtuse to the problem and the solution. That you've got to start think that there's more to this and that this administration isn't as tone deaf as we think, or do you believe they're tone deaf to what's going on? Or is this kind of a setup that we're starting to see that they're creating an energy uh, uh, crisis that is just gonna, it's there just so they can push their green agenda, forces into relying on, on those, you know, those unreliable uh sources of green energy as they say it i mean it almost seems it, it almost gets you to a point where you have to believe there's something else then boy they're really this bad
0: yeah, no, this is no accident. They've stated their policies very clearly. They're a little more sheepish about stating them overtly now. But before it became such a catastrophe, such a global disaster because of what the United States is doing with its lack of a coherent energy policy, before that, they were openly saying that the climate czar of the White House said, yeah, we're pushing people away from fossil fuels by making it more expensive. Granholm, the energy secretary, said the same thing. Buttigieg has said the same thing. Biden said... Said during the campaign that he was going to end the fossil fuel industry. These are all stated objectives of this administration. People have forgotten that in a lot of ways, and they won't admit it now because they're seeing how pissed off people are, are uh, becoming because of it. And I want to point out, I mean, it's, it's absolutely very simple to trace what we're going through now in this energy situation that's developed back to what the biden administration has done point by point these are things that could be reversed overnight if they chose to and they don't choose to like canceling pipelines um, they've destroyed finance, financial markets for oil expo- exploration and extraction. They, um, they've destroyed the leasing process on federal uh, lands where most of the oil is. The rhetoric alone, Jr. touched on this. The rhetoric alone has chilling mar- effects on the market. When you say that we're going to end fossil fuels, the markets, the, the price of oil goes up because the markets start to expect. That to actually happen, and we're seeing it happen. If you said tomorrow, we are going to drill more oil in the, than we've ever drilled in the history of the United States, and everybody can drill anywhere, I know that's an exaggeration, but if you said that, the price of oil would drop quickly because of the rhetoric and what the government looks like it's going to do. And I also want to talk about, and Trish touched on this, let's say for a second that everybody heard Janet Yellen say, if, if you really want to survive this, you got to move to an electric vehicle. And everybody went out and decided they were going to buy an electric car if they could you know, let's assume everybody could afford it. There aren't enough electric vehicles to do that to begin with. Secondly, there aren't enough charging stations to supply those electric vehicles. Thirdly, there's not enough electricity being produced in the United States to supply those charging stations to, to power those uh, electric vehicles. And third and thirdly, there's um, or fourthly, I guess there's you want she talks about getting away from geopolitic, geopolitical turmoil. Where do you think these solar panels and these these rare earths are coming from? They're coming from China. That's the absolute worst geopolitical nightmare we could be in for being reliant on energy. So everything about this is a complete disaster. I need to say one more thing. It has nothing to do with this because yes. it was an observation by Randall in our, in one of our chat rooms. I think it's the, uh, actually in the D live chat room, um, so Randall says, I'm starting to think that JR and Vince are on opposite sides of the same French doors. And I, <laughs> I looked in there. And I, and I thought that was an, an amazing observation. <laughs> because that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I had to throw that in there, but it's good. Yep. Some someday maybe he'll let me in. <laughs> yeah. <right.
3: laughs> Come in from,
0: from the porch. I, <laughs> I knocked, I knocked for
3: like a half hour. I knock for like the half hour before the show, nothing. So I'm over here.
2: That's good. It's all good. See, he's got the same door sale I did. apparently. No, it's too funny. Uh, yeah, right,
3: right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. JV, you're absolutely correct, though. And, and again, what you know, they we can't do this overnight, even if we wanted to to go to, you know, and and to think that, it, you know, it's not short-term, I understand it's medium-term, so we have some time, but even then, and, and you know, we could do, and, and maybe we'll do this some other night, is the whole idea of taking a look at the carbon footprint, the real carbon footprint right. of a traditional automobile and the life of an electric vehicle. And you're gonna find out, surprise, surprise, guess which has the bigger carbon footprint yep. when it's all said and done. That's absolutely so, right. I, they're, they're they, I don't think they're fooling themselves. I think they're just trying to fool the American people and they're trying to dupe us into, it, to, to kind of go full circle with a, with our, our our discussion here is that we're actually trying to get duped into their extreme agenda, especially when it comes to green energy.
0: Yeah, you want to do your next story?
3: I could do that, sure. Um, well, this is exciting because I have, JV, exclusive footage never seen before of the Joe Biden bicycle accident. Can you run that, please? You
0: want to roll it now? Okay. Yeah, let's roll it. <laughs> There it is! Yeah. <laughs>
1: there it is.
2: I meant
0: to do that.
3: Exactly. Oh. There you go. Never seen before, except for tonight on the Independence <laughs> game, <Gang>, Joe Biden. <laughs> And I think he did. I think he may have. He may have meant to do it. He may have meant yeah, to do it. Right. Showing his toughness. Yeah. But uh, let's let's go ahead and I want to. We do. I want to discuss this because I think there's some interesting pieces actually to discuss uh, about his little bike accident. A little different than just talking about the accident. But let's let's go ahead and roll the second video of the actual footage that I've seen from the from the incident. Hey. So, I don't, Jr. I don't know. Do you? uh, It's on. It's on loop now.
2: (laughs) Oh boy.
3: Jr. You know, it's a slow fall. You know, his foot does get stuck, as they're saying it did. You see that, but you also see his right foot was. It came down, was completely planted on the ground. So, you think this was a slip? You think this is a balance problem? Um, And if he were actually injured in that at all? uh do you think the white house would actually be up front or would they think they'd have to they'd have to do some damage control about how how badly injured he may have been
2: well they're uh they're indicating he had no scrapes or bruises or anything he was hopping around on his way into church i guess and uh really going out of his way to make sure that uh he was uh fit as a fiddle and that was uh an anomaly like nothing, uh, giving us any indication that his, that his health was deteriorating in a that fashion. That, that's all just, you know, gobbledygook. But uh, you know, he, like you said, his left foot went down, and somehow he, his balance went to the right, and that's when he got his toe stuck. So, uh, um, I think any of us on this panel would uh, would have uh, done that. And foot, left foot goes down. We stay on the left foot. So is there a balance issue that is attributable to other things that we've talked about? Highly possible, but, uh, whatever they said in the aftermath, you can guarantee that was the answer, regardless of what the truth was. They are certainly not going to admit that he had a balance issue, uh, that he had any kind of an injury. This was uh, nothing, and uh, and move along. But uh, we all know if 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 the letter after the president was a different one, this would be a completely different story, and uh, one that we'd be hearing about uh, probably until November.
3: Well, it's it's interesting you bring that up, Trish. Check out this video. Do you remember this one?
2: You
1: remember when this happened?
0: Oh yeah. Mm.
1: Yes, this was at West Point. Yeah, this was when he spoke yes, at West right, Point, right. and uh, he had dress Following shoes on. That, and he's going down this slick ramp. Yeah,
0: right.
3: Well, exactly, exactly. And and the Dems, uh, the press, his critics, they all came after Trump. They questioned his health. They questioned his capacity to lead. Uh, you know, even yeah, the New York Times covered it. Uh, CNN actually did an article on that that video where where he successfully comes down a ramp where he said it was kind of slippery. He was wearing dress shoes. He was being cautious because I'm sure he didn't want a Joe Biden moment, right? But the CNN reasons that they gave are fascinating. And there's a little accompanying uh, picture there. Um, They they said the three reasons why this actually matters is, number one, he's the oldest first-term president in history, meaning Trump at the time, which Biden has beat uh trump's health history is a mystery they said well we all know there's a lot of questions around the uh biden you know biden and his health history and even on the show we've questioned about the non-existence of an actual guest list at the residence in delaware which we've all said could include doctors where he's being treated for maybe almost anything and lastly the their third reason was that that trump made biden's health an issue during the during the election and or was it actually was making it an issue you know, for all these reasons, why do you think it doesn't matter now?
1: Well, because we all know that the media, their their sole purpose is to protect Joe Biden at all costs. I mean, like that that that's the sole purpose of the media at this point. I mean, when CNN went after Trump because he picked up his water glass with both hands and took a drink, and they literally, how many how many news days did they spend on him, Trump picking up a glass with both hands? I'm like, this is just, it's, it's so ridiculous at this point. Joe Biden has fallen upstairs. How many times he has been pointed to a door and not been able to navigate following the point to go to the door. He can't read a teleprompter. He can't ride a bicycle. And I want to comment on the fact that he still has foot cages. You don't put an, a man of that age on a bike with foot cages on i'm sorry like that's just a disaster waiting to happen when you have an older person on a bicycle and he was wearing tennis shoes you don't wear tennis shoes when you have foot cages like that's just like i there's there's so many things that are going on it's like they're in complete denial about the fact that he is you know older than the crypt keeper at this point and that he can't do anything i mean yeah he's got if you look he's got foot cages on and he's got regular tennis shoes and that soft rubber gets caught in there and that's probably why he fell over and he was so fixated on whatever was in front of him and i'm willing to bet you 20 bucks that it was a small girl that he had fixated (laughs) on in front of him that he wasn't even paying attention to he was like oh look at her i want to go see her hair so, but I mean, he was uh, so fixated on whatever was in front of him that he wasn't even paying attention to I, what his foot was doing.
3: Fascinating. You say that, and I didn't, I, now I'm kicking myself for not cutting the rest of that, the video, cause you, he goes, he's there, there is a, a group of, it was, it wasn't even a press gaggle. It was just a group of, of local folks who knew he was going to be there because let's go to that, because actually everything you just said about the imagery there, I think this was a, an attempt at a staged Set up to make him look young and youthful, right? I think they did that. Let's put him in his sneakers and let's put him on a on the cool bike with the with the you know with the foot things, and it it, and it obviously blew up on him. But there was a group of people that he was coming into. He was taking questions, and you'll never guess who was there that they he took the questions from. There was a little girl there that he was taking questions from. So it's fascinating. That you made that connection, and I wish i wish we still i wish we had that video that's that's uh that's that's too bad um but yeah it's, that's, it's uh, totally, and that's
1: this was totally a staged photo op that went horribly yeah. wrong horribly wrong yeah. and and the more they do this to him the worse it's gonna get because because now he's created we were talking about this before we came on the air the memes that are circulating about this oh, incident sure. have been i mean they've been i'm honestly I've, i'm very entertained by them all so i'm i'm all for it but yeah it's it, this was definitely staged and they just need to stop they just need right. to stop
3: and, and jv jv we we do we joke about it right and, but there's a certain seriousness seriousness to this and and you know presidents have tripped they've had accidents uh you know ford fell down uh, the stairs coming out of air force one uh bill clinton got hurt uh, falling down at greg norman's house and actually needed surgery after that and was was put under anesthesia uh and well you might remember remember george w bush actually uh, choked down a peanut while watching a football game (laughs) and actually had to get saved by a, a secret service agent in the other room my my point is though no one ever said or and no one oh boy we're worried about rockefeller or gore or cheney and you know nobody's ever brought up pence as not being able to take over but boy isn't there a concern and there seems to be an underlying, not only an underlying concern, but part of this, hey, we got to make Biden look healthy because the last thing anybody wants is the vice president take over.
0: Yeah, well, that's the that's the pickle. Uh, the Republicans are going to find themselves in when they get the majority next year and they start what we keep hearing uh, are going to be some kind of impeachment efforts or even just, you know, 25th Amendment uh, efforts as well. What are they gonna do? Because the, 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 the solution is actually worse than what we're dealing with right now. I also I want to mention something though. So that happened what Saturday? Was it Saturday that that happened or Sunday? It was it was over the weekend. It was right? Saturday, I
3: think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was, it was, a, was Saturday. Right? I want everybody to watch all the late night shows tonight and see how many jokes are made about the president falling on his bicycle. I'm just curious. If it was Trump, they would have a week's, maybe a month's worth of material from that incident. I doubt we'll hear many, if any, uh, on the late night shows from Biden falling over. And regardless of what you think, it's freaking hilarious. It's because you're right, Trish and Vince and JR. This was a setup. This was an attempt to have a little impromptu chat with with the folks from the fit. And healthy Joe Biden cruising in on his bike, big set. I can see how they the planning sessions, how they went through it all. He pulls up and the idiot falls over. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't write this stuff because honestly, if it was, I mean, this doesn't happen impromptuly. Impromptuly, I don't know. This doesn't happen by accident. You don't have people on the path of the president's bike route that are either, you know, standing there and, and, and blocking the path or whatever. They just don't do that unless they want them there. They wanted them there. So there's there's no question about this was a setup. And, you know, and I also think we might be being a little bit too hard here. I mean, how many of us have actually done the same thing? When we were seven, when we were six, you know, I mean, that's when we did it. He's just late to the party. That's all. Yeah. I watched yeah. that that video and a couple other different angles of that that so many times um because I knew it was a setup and just because it ended the way it did it just made it far more enjoyable for me. So <laughs> that's our president. There we go. Meanwhile, right. Putin's riding right. riding reason. bears and elephants across Siberia, you know.
3: He is he is without a, with a, with a, with his shirt off. <laughs> that's right. 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 Yeah.
1: In January. Yep,
3: exactly. 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 Anyway. All right. Back to you, JV. All right. Yeah. So
0: I want to pick up on the Janet Yellen thing here quickly, too, because uh, one of the things in addition to talking about everybody should move to uh, renewables, which is what uh, Vince was talking about. There's another story here uh, that I thought was interesting because there's this there's this idea that. the federal government may suspend the federal gas tax to bring prices down. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said on Sunday that suspending gas taxes is certainly worth considering amid energy rising energy prices. JR, one of the things that we've learned about... Uh, the inflation problem, spending is a problem, but massive deficits are also a problem. What does suspending the the federal gas tax of eighteen cents a gallon really do, other than maybe try to buy a few votes going into the midterms, and just make the deficit problem worse?
2: Yeah, the uh, for what the eighteen cents I think it is uh, the federal. I could be wrong. Eighteen like point that, four I
0: think. cents. Eighteen point yeah, four. Uh, yeah.
2: For for what that. It would mean to a fill up you know it with with a gas price that's going one direction uh it, w- it would be like the uh a three hundred three hundred pound guy that said, uh, yeah, it was two hundred pounds for about ten minutes and uh when I was in uh, ninth grade and uh you know it it would make a blip for a brief period of time, very brief, and then you'd forget it ever happened. but the consequence would be, Take 18 cents times whatever our daily consumption is, and that would be a huge hit uh, on on the government's finances, which are already, already as we all know, uh, 750 billion in the hole uh, this year, or something like that. So it, um, it, it it again the optics of that make it look like they're doing something, doing something. That isn't what they need to be doing, but doing something nonetheless. And and the negative consequences of that would far outweigh the minimal gain that we would all uh, receive as a reprieve at the pump.
0: You know, and the sad thing about it, about it Trish, is that this was uh, in a during conversation with George Stephanopoulos. What show is that? I'm not even sure. Uh, do we know what show Maybe that is on this- Sunday?
3: ABC uh, isn't that this
0: week? This week is that what it is? anyways is so no reporter founder? ever says. <laughs> but Secretary Yellen, isn't that just borrowing from our future? You know, doesn't aren't we just we're gonna have to pay that down the road? I mean, how does that save us any money? It doesn't. It just kicks that can down the road again. I mean, that's what it
1: is. Yeah, because they don't care. Like, I, let's let's be honest. Like dc has been spending money they've been printing money like i i honestly i to listen to biden speak when he was like oh, i love when he started ranting and raving about i've lowered the deficit and i've and i'm like All right, what drugs are you on that you think you've lowered the deficit when you have spent more money in the yep. past 18 months than I, it's just, it's absolute insanity. Again, I go back to, it's gaslighting. It's literally, they think if they lie to us enough, we'll believe them. And sadly, there are people who do out there, which I, I honestly cannot believe how any rational person with two actively communicating brain cells could actually fall for these lies over and over and over. It's, it's insane. I mean, and, and to go back to the gas tax thing, like Florida has already said they're going to do it, but they're not going to do it right now. They're going to do it in October. And Nikki Fried, who's running for governor, has just been all over this because, oh, like, why is he waiting till October? Well, dumbass, because where does Florida get most of its income from tourists? So we're not going to do this gas tax break in the middle of summer when tourism is at an all-time high in Florida. We're going to wait until the tourist season lulls a little bit in October, and then we're going to do it because then we won't lose as much money. So it's like – but – People act like, oh no, you're gonna hurt you're gonna hurt people by not. No, no, we're actually gonna hurt people by giving this reprieve. What would actually fix the problem? And that's it. We're treating a symptom. That's all they want. They want to treat the symptoms without actually fixing the root cause of the problem, which is the Biden administration and all their crappy policies. So it's it's very frustrating being a rational, sane person in this society right now in every aspect of life.
0: Vince, Vince from, a politi- from a political standpoint, New York has already done this. Yeah. Kathy Hochul has already suspended mm-hmm. the gas tax. I remember I was, I was taking a walk, and I remember what the price of I think it was four eighty nine at the time. And all of a sudden I looked, and it was, it was down to $4.73 or something. Like, oh, well, what happened? Then I thought, oh, they must have suspended the gas tax. I looked, and it's sure enough, they does. did. Three days later, it was completely wiped out. So from a right. political standpoint, Vince – did they get any benefit from that? I mean, yeah, you could argue, well, yeah. it'd be 515 now yes. instead of five.
3: Here's, here's the political argument, and you're seeing it, it happen in New York, and this is what the Biden administration is trying to do. They're gonna suspend the gas tax, you're gonna get a little reprieve, and then what's we all know what's gonna happen, because it's happened in every state that suspended their gas tax. The gas is gonna continue to go up because, ready, we've already been through this tonight, and how many times, because of the failed policies, Gas taxes are going to go up, but now what New York has done, because the one thing you don't hear Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, talking about the gas prices anymore because she did this. Done. Look at we suspended the tax that our tax cap. We've done everything we can do. This is on somebody else, and in the case of the Biden administration, they're going to come back, and this is all it's all a ruse. It's all I'm calling bs on this entire this entire plan because it's all political gamesmanship so they don't have to take responsibility we suspended the federal gas the gas tax and now prices are still going up oh those greedy oil companies that's who to blame right this is this is just going to make it easier for them to point the finger because they did everything they could now because they're as we've heard they're really concerned
0: So, junior let's take take a look at California for a second as it relates to this. Governor Gavin Gavin Newsom has rejected Republican lawmakers' effort to suspend not the gas tax, but an upcoming increase in the state's gas tax, alleging that the policy would – this is what Newsom is saying – it would help pro- uh, petro dictators and oil companies profit. Instead, he's saying we're going to raise the gas tax and then we're going to distribute $800 in tax rebates per person. Uh, to help them uh, handle the high cost of gas, so this is another example of the government saying, "Let me let me take your money, and then I will bequeath you some back that I, you know, what I deem, what I see appropriate." I mean, it, they this have to get their hands on it instead of letting you keep it and and decide how to spend it. That's the thing that amazes me the most.
2: Talk, talk about ridiculous! I mean, are, do they really think the public is that stupid? that they are going to increase the price and then wait till election time, just before election time. And then they're going to send you a fat check. Uh, forget the, what the administration costs. So it was a, they just basically move papers and accomplish nothing. It is completely political and the and, and all for the optics of it so that they can, uh, they can say, uh, everybody, make sure you check out your check you're going to get, which is a oh by the way a portion of what we just took from you but uh right. you know i forget whose money it is right it's like it's like our money goes mysteriously to the government bucket and suddenly it becomes the government's uh they have nothing the government has nothing but we give them so it's always our money so you're supposed to worship their their feet because they gave back a portion of what they just increasingly took from us i mean the rationale for that you've got to be living in california to think that that's going to work it's it's crazy
0: yeah and trish as they say as california goes so goes the nation uh the biden administration is also considering a plan to send gas rebate cards to americans (laughs) so they're looking at uh suspending the gas tax adding to the deficit and then sending out another you know how many billions is that going to cost so that they can again, because they're so desperate to buy votes in this midterm.
1: Yeah, how many dead people are going to get gas cards? That's my question. Because, like, we already know how many dead people got, you know, COVID stimulus checks. So, how many dead people are going to get a gas card? That's my question. Like, because that's, that's, it's just the epitome of government waste. And the, again, we go back to the gaslighting, the abusive relationship that we now have with our federal government, because now it's, you know, give us all your money, we're going to tax you even more, you know, because we're going to reverse all of those Trump tax cuts, even though we know that 80% of Americans got relief from the Trump tax cuts. We're going to reverse all of those because we all we, we all know it's just those rich Republican greedy corporates that they're the, the corporate types. They're the ones who got that, get, that tax relief, not you. We're going to reverse all those and we're going to take more of your money and then we're going to give you a little gas card to say, gee, thanks. Thanks so much for just blindly handing over your money so that we can line our pockets more because you know you guys because so we can give ourselves another raise you know because you know congress is really hurting with their you know six-figure paychecks and they really need to make more money because it's so hard to survive you know on that 175 grand a year like no offense but that's like three times what i three times and then some what i make i yeah like Yeah. I'd love to have to suffer on that paycheck. So send me, send me to Washington. Like I'm just, I'm done. I really think at this point that I just need to run for office, even though I know nobody would vote for me, but I might get a vote or two, but I just need to, I think I just need to go out and make some noise because we need to stop believing this gaslighting abusive relationship crap.
0: As everyone knows, the nation has uh, suffered through uh, a a few uh, very, very serious uh, mass shooting incidents in the past weeks uh, which has obviously raised the discussion of gun control once again, and I think to many Republicans' surprise, Vince, uh, one of the leading figures in this current effort is Texas Senator John Cornyn, who has been part of the negotiating team uh, representing the Republican side to to uh, enact some sort of gun control legislation. Uh, They're talking about red flag laws. They're talking about uh, enhanced background checks. Uh, They're also talking about uh, assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, all the same things. But the the difference here is that John Cornyn, as a Republican senator from Texas, of all places, is getting a lot of heat because of his involvement, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Well, Senator John Cornyn had just walked away from these talks saying— We've been uh, the talks. We've been talking enough. I'm done talking. And he walked out on the bipartisan talks. I'm through talking, he says here, just from political analysis. And I don't know how much you've been following this particularly, Vince, but I'm trying to figure out because the article doesn't give you any clear indication. Is this John Cornyn saying we're having trouble getting a deal or is this John Cornyn saying I'm feeling the heat and I'm going to back away?
3: I think it's a little bit of both i think uh what here's what here's here's the one mistake that i sometimes think is made and it's not just with with the gun issue but it's with some of these other extreme issues is that the the republicans in this case as you will use this as the issue the republicans will normally say oh we're not even going to discuss this and then we've left the democrats in the room to make all the decisions so to some extent it's not a bad idea to have a john cornyn from texas in the room when they're trying to develop policy that's going to affect the entire country right and and they're going to then try to push their their policies through and then you're going to have to go back and negotiate with them after they've come up with this crazy you know uh, left of left gun control bill so i i have to believe that there was a piece here that was kind of proactive on the republicans part the problem then became that you know john cornyn was the guy that ended up with a target on his back so I believe this is a little. I think, I think what you're seeing here is, you know, maybe well-intended. He's taking a lot of heat, and he's realizing having to negotiate with these people is not worth the heat that I'm taking. So I think it's a, a meld of the two that the heat's not worth the the effort that he's actually being able to make in that room with the Democrats, who are probably having completely unreasonable. Uh, conversations when it comes to gun control. Well, why doesn't just solving it, real
0: problems? Well, why right? then doesn't a John Cornyn go into those discussions as the Republican in the room that you just kind of described and say, "We're going to talk about enforcing the gun laws that are on the books. We're not going to let these." these criminals in new york city who are walking away after committing a gun crime and not being prosecuted not being giving, given any jail time until we fix that with the laws that are already on the books we're not going to start act, enacting new laws why doesn't he deliver that message I,
3: that's that's a great point because one of the other mistakes that i think what we make is as as and i, I shouldn't even say i shouldn't even say as, as you know I, i'm not even convinced that this is a republican Democratic issue as much as it's a gun owner's rights issue, and I think that transcends party lines, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of Democrats who believe in their Second Amendment as well. Uh, So it's not really uh, along those lines, but I think the mistake we make when it comes to the gun issue is, A, the democrats only want to talk about the gun issue after a tragedy and that's probably the worst time we can discuss it because everything is knee jerk right. we're trying to make we're trying to make sound policy and it's all emotional based it's the worst time to do it but but what we need to do better as people who believe in the second amendment is you do you need to change the conversation the conversation they they want it to be about guns and gun control and the problem with with getting and, and and quite frankly the democrats are always talking about an illegal gun problem and trying to equate it to a legal gun owner and it's it's too many rights for that legal gun owner and they 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 blur the the issue very and and they do it well. I, I don't like that they do it, but they I'm just saying they do it well in terms of their their tactics and And we should be talking, what we should be talking about is, public safety and the fact that the democrats have spent the last two years beating the hell out of our our law enforcement in this country and and then you wonder why that you know the the uvalde uh sheriff's department sat outside why there was a killer inside you wonder why these people yeah of course i mean you can't even find people to sign up i'm sure to be a sheriff in in in, in uvalde and now you're going to criticize the job they did defending him when you guys spent the last two years protesting the fact that they were trying to do their job so Give me a break there uh we should be talking about mental health we should talk but those issues that's where we should be talking about um uh, i don't want to say the the gun control issue but when it comes to the second amendment that's where those conversations should be going on at a time when the democrats can't go and spin it on an emotional topic and i think we usually say well when they're not talking about it let's not bring it up and i think there needs to be a time and the best time to spin this on its head is to have the conversation outside that of a tragedy and talk about the real issues that are creating those, those tragic events.
0: Jr. what about this as a proposal? So, you know, we see, we were talking a lot about these 18 year olds, these young men who are committing these particular tragedies, especially ones that occur in schools. Uh, You know, there's a certain profile that's, that's being, that's developing as we see uh, these characters in action. And there's a lot of talk around that. What about what would we consider as a nation saying, OK, if you're the parent of one of these kids and you haven't paid attention to what your child is doing, all these, you know, all this enacted or, or, or contacted authorities or gotten the child help, then you're responsible. And I'm saying this tongue in cheek because what the what the Democrats are trying to do is make us all responsible. For what that kid does, they wouldn't think about going after that kid's parents, who probably are more responsible than the rest of us. Yet they're willing to come after all of us, the people who legally and responsibly act with their with their uh, firearms. It's it's kind of an interesting paradox.
2: Yeah, I I I I we talked about this a few weeks ago, and 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 I give it some considerable thought too, and I I, I liken it, you know, we have risk. We have risk in our lives every day. And and how do we, you know, we're not going to eliminate risk, but we need to minimize risk. And and the people that arguably know these young adults that are troubled uh, the the most are the people closest to them, whether it's their parents or their guardians or their friends. And, and, you know, I'm I'm a notary public, I notarize pistol permits, you know, frequently. People come and they, they're they going to be an advocate for somebody in New York State to to get a pistol in, permit in their county. And they need, I think, three references and those references have to be notarized. And, you know, I I, I think there's there's some middle ground there whereby if, if t- take any of these, the, these kids were troubled kids. In fact, the FBI was on to these kids in many respects and just hadn't done anything about it. Um, if their parents were required to, what I said before, co-sign, like you are, if you're 18 years old and trying to get a car loan for the first time and have no credit, what do you have to do? You have to get a cosigner. So if if the kids responsible, and I've got I've got a nephew, they they've got more guns than uh, they know what to do with. They're very responsible with those guns. They 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 respect those guns. I would cosign for them. But if my kid was on the edge here, you knew he was troubled, he's having all kinds of issues, are you gonna get your parents to co-sign for that gun? I mean, that helps that part of the process. But if you eliminate guns, I tell you what, the only people who are gonna have the guns are the bad guys. And and just look at Chicago, you know, with the most restrictive gun laws in the country, arguably, and where is the most crime? Where are the most murders? So I, I you know, if if you were to Vince's point, if you were gonna get in the room, with the Democrats and try to rationally talk about this issue, uh, and I think I don't know, but I'm thinking John Cornyn just said this isn't rational. They're not trying to fix it. They're trying to have their own agenda and uh, and 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 grandstand while they while the issue's hot. But if they truly wanted to try to solve this, there may be something there whereby you could say, okay, let us let's, let's see if. Um, having a cosigner or something like that makes sense and in many cases it's going to be the parent it certainly would in this case i i I don't think the parent would have co-signed for this kid if if uh if that were the case but uh it's it's a difficult issue but you know not enforcing any laws as we've seen over the last couple of years basically uh being able to people to walk in stores and walk out and and what you have is well, it's how many different drugstores in San Francisco closed because they're just being robbed blind, and there's and there's no uh, no defense. So it, you know you have to enforce the law so that there's some respect for what we have in place. So in the absence of that, it's it's seemingly the wild west, and we shouldn't be surprised that that's what we have.
0: Trish, um, I'm going to let you just comment on any of that uh, that Vince and Jr. just talked about. Before I do, there is a movement underway in our Foxhole chat to get you to move to Arizona so they can vote for you and send you to Washington
1: sweet okay i i could i could get behind that because arizona is not cold so i could i could definitely get behind that because i actually have friends in arizona one of my best friends is is navajo and she just moved back she moved back to the reservation but she moved back to be closer to family so you know what that we might need to get in touch and see if we can make this happen because i'm kind of hating my job right now so it might be a good idea might, might be a good time <laughs> but but to comment on this whole thing i I, I do have to say, number one, rational discussion with Democrats about gun control, JR? Come on, really? Rational discussion? No, because this is what the discussion is. The Democrats say, we want this, 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 and this, and the Republicans say, okay, so what are you willing to compromise on? And the Democrats go, nothing. We're not willing to compromise on anything. You're just going to give us what we want, because there and that's is why no discussion. Yeah. Right. And that's why he walked. I mean, I think, yeah, was he getting, was he getting heat for being on this committee to begin with? And I don't, I don't really hold it against them for being on this committee that's just talking about it. Like, okay, good. I'm glad we have both sides. Let, that are can I just at a table let me just point out this.
0: though? I agree. If he was just on the committee to talk about it and kind of help steer it in, in a way that was more, was friendlier to people who believe in the Second Amendment, I'm cool with that. But he was a cheerleader for it. He was out talking to the press about it and telling people that their positions against. Some of this were 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 baseless. I mean, he was actually well, yeah. stepping over the lines. I think, and I okay. wish I had some of those he cuts. He deserves
1: whatever. He gets. I don't have yeah. the cuts. I don't he, have
0: the quotes, but
1: he deserves whatever he gets. Then, because that's that's just ridiculous. But I mean, but the but the, the the point is, criminals don't obey laws, right? They don't obey laws. So, what good is passing more laws going to do? Nothing. It's not going to stop criminal activity, and I have told every single person who's brought this up with me because everybody knows that I'm adamantly pro. I think every American should be able to have an M1A1 tank in their driveway if they want it. Like I'm, like I'm that two A. <laughs> when you prosecute Hunter Biden for lying on his FBI background report, mm-hmm. when you when you prosecute him for lying on that, then you we, you and I can have a discussion about gun control. But when you are purposefully allowing people to break the law and shoving it under the carpet just because of who their daddy is. We're done. Like, no, there is no discussion. I will not have a discussion with anybody who thinks that that's okay. Because the problem is we don't need more laws. Like if you look at all the state and federal regulations, we've got like 22,000 gun laws. More laws is not going to stop criminals from breaking laws. So this is just, this is an exercise in futility. It's this, it's this fake sense of security. Like if I just pass this law, I'll be safe. And I'm so tired of that word. We have the right to be safe. You don't have the right to jack shit. Okay. There is nothing in the constitution that says you have the right to feel anything. Feelings are not anywhere in the constitution. And I'm tired of feelings running the narrative. And that's like this whole thing with Yuvald has really pissed me off because Matthew McConaughey, I swear to God, I want to go to Texas and kiss and kick his scrawny little ass because His wife was holding her own fucking tennis shoes in her lap. These weren't the tennis shoes of the victim. She was holding her own chucks in her lap, crying. Oh, the poor life. Oh, my God. The theatrics involved. I'm like, listen, if you're listening to a paid actor whose job is to lie to you to elicit an emotional response, you are dumber than a box of rocks and you deserve what you get stop being emotional and that's i think that's kind of the bottom line is that the democrats completely it's all about emotion and let's let's take this negative event and let's mold take that and then manipulate that emotion into legislation that's going to make us look like the good guy when it's not going to help anything in fact it's going to make it worse because all it does is hurt law-abiding americans because a law-abiding American is gonna go okay great one more thing i have to do now because let's face it he was an 18 year old adult he wasn't a kid And and I know that people are like, oh, but if you're 18, you're still not an adult. No. In the eyes of the law, listen, if my five-year-old can change their gender, then this guy, this 18-year-old can go out and buy a gun. I'm sorry. If he can go die for his country, then he can go buy a freaking gun. Like, I'm, and this whole idea, like, if you want to change that to 21, then you change it for everything. You can't join the military until you're 21. You can't vote until you're 21. Like, if we're going to change the age of being an adult, I'm totally fine with that but we're going to change it across the board for everything. Not just, we're not going to pick and choose. 12-year-olds can't get an abortion without, you know, they can get an abortion without their parents' consent. But this 18-year-old, no. Can't exercise his Second Amendment right? No. I'm sorry. If the FBI had done their job, and that, we go even go back to Parkland. If law enforcement had done their job in the first place, all of these kids would have had tags on them, and they wouldn't have passed the background checks to begin with. But they didn't do that. They dropped the ball. The FBI has dropped the ball so many times that it's reminding me of whatever the team is that plays against the Harlem Globetrotters, because that's <laughs> literally how bad they're playing. So it's it's just, that's where we need, we just need to stop and say, no, we are going to, no more letting out criminals, no more bailing out. Like, who was that, that Kamala Harris bailed out during the BLM riots, and now he's back in jail again because he just killed somebody. I'm like, I'm just done. I'm done with all of it we're going to we're just going to enforce the laws we have. Period. Jaywalking, enforce it. You know, crossing against the light, enforce it. You go over that double yellow line because you're trying to get around a car that's turning right? Enforce it. Like I'm I'm just done. Like we if we would start enforcing all the little laws, people would stop breaking the big ones. And if you do break the big one, sorry, firing squad. Put it on pay-per-view, pay off some of that that national debt. I'm like I'm done. Like We just, we need to start making an example of people and saying that if you do break these laws, if you commit a gun crime, your punishment will be severe. Let's, if we wanna really be serious about it, let's say, listen, you perpetrate a crime, a violent crime, and you have a handgun or any kind of, you know, any kind of gun, weapon, I don't care, a knife, whatever. No, your punishment will be severe and it will be swift. And we're gonna gonna go back to public executions on the main square. Because we want it to be known that we are serious when it comes to these crimes, you will be punished. So I listen. I'm going all the like old school Hammurabi code, like <laughs> Old Testament stuff. Trish, but I'm, I just, I'm that fired up about nice. it, and
0: you should be. But I just want to make sure that you know the difference between kissing Matthew McConaughey's ass and kicking Matthew no, kick. McConaughey. I know, I know. I but want you... to kiss him
1: because he is good looking, <laughs> but I want to kick right. his ass because he's be, an idiot.
0: Just be, just be careful, uh, Vince. Two, two <laughs> points, <laughs> and then we'll end this uh, for tonight. But one is it's not as though we're going from no gun laws and these gun laws are being proposed and they might solve the problem. We have continually enacted gun laws in response to events like this. And obviously these laws don't make that much of a difference. As Trish said, or and then JR, you keep passing these laws, it just may, it makes it easier for the criminals to get the laws. It just makes it harder for the gun, uh, the, the law-abiding people to get the guns. You know, so criminals have the guns, law-abiding people have to jump through hoops. So it's not as though this hasn't been tried. We've watched this, and it doesn't have the effect that they pretend it does. Second thing is several people in our chat have pointed out in relationship to Senator John Cornyn, he was booed at the Texas Republican Convention. Yes. And then suddenly now he's walking away from these talks. So I had forgotten about that.
3: Yeah, I so I, I do. I do think there's I think there's pressure there on him and and you know, uh well first let me let me start first by saying it sounds like someone on this panel tonight's running for congress in Arizona. But um <laughs> uh but what's what's interesting Make it happen people. Let's make it happen. Right? Right? I think the a listening tour needs to be launched shortly here. We'll call it the <laughs> Dish with Trish. It'll be the Arizona Listening exactly. Tour. Love it. Yep. We got it. So we will start that right away. Um but what, what's interesting is that while while we were uh while we were on the show tonight, uh, new approval ratings uh, from uh, uh for Joe Biden were released and his national approval rating has now hit 32%, which wow. is the lowest Ooh. ever. He's yeah, that's bad. But even worse, they uh they broke out a bunch of states. Uh Texas, his approval is at 26%. So if if there's Ooh. any re- elected or candidate in Texas who Thinks they're even gonna even cozy up to anything remotely democratic or or Joe Biden esque. It's not gonna work for them. And and Trish actually in second place is Arizona with a whopping twenty seven percent approval rating for Biden. So I'm telling you, you're walking hmm. in you're walking into an easy one there if you if you move to Arizona,
1: Here's my, my, my um, home away from home. And but, that part of me is like, that's why I think I just need to stay here and run. I live in a blue county. Let's go. like i I need to go after yeah, right, I need to go after right. these Democrats. So I'm just gonna go after them.
3: But, but JV, the, the, the gun argument is always, you know, it's kind of what, what we were saying uh, just before this is that, you know, it, the, if you if you make the emotional decision, if you make it based on some tragedy, you're going to get this, you're going to get an emotional feel good, at least at the time for the people who want to to implement it, feel good legislation. They're going to have a big bill signing and look at, we're trying to protect our children and then it goes away and we realize, guess what? It's not until the next tragedy that we say, well, actually we didn't fix anything because it, it's let's be honest gun control is not the answer we know this right and again we're ignoring the root cause of the problems it, it it is it's 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 public safety it's mental health and it's the fact that there's societal issues a hell of a lot deeper than who has guns and I and I've said this before too if if there were no guns if there were no guns we would be we would be having arguments over knife control or or some other way or a rock control right because somebody's picking up a rock it, Anybody who wants to do harm to another individual is going to find a way to do that. You know, you, you look at some of the I mean, yes, I there's a lot of shootings in New York City right now, but I guarantee one of the things you're seeing every day. Somebody's getting shoved down to uh, uh, subway tracks. That doesn't take a weapon that takes somebody who is not of the right mind. And that's where we're missing the, the, the boat on this. We're not addressing the root cause of the real problem causing these tragedies.
0: Great point. Everybody, great points all the way around. Listen, folks, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, It was a real uh, pleasure. Chat rooms were on fire tonight. And Trish, I'm telling you, you've got a lot of support in Arizona. You need to start uh, giving this some serious, at least... Form an exploratory committee, you know, to look into this. <laughs> See how it will. Change? I'll
1: have my people start looking into that. There
0: you go. Uh, listen, everybody. Hear that
1: Macy, get on it. Get on it. Uh, please like, <laughs> share, like,
0: floor. share, uh, follow, and subscribe. Whatever's appropriate for the platform that you're watching and listening on. If you're a podcast listener, please share that as well. And thanks for for being here, everybody. Panel, great uh, job tonight. And thanks to everybody in the chat room. We will be back Wednesday night. Um, I know Drew is. Joining us because he booked this one like weeks in advance. We haven't seen Drew in a long time. Do you guys even remember who Drew is?
2: (laughs) Okay, just wanted to make sure.
0: (laughs) Just wanted to make sure.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Anyway, so uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys tonight. Listen, everybody, have a great night, and we'll see you next time.